Hi, and welcome to the Mountain Collective Podcast. Firstly, let me introduce myself. My name's Alan Hunt. Um, I am currently uh, heading up education partnerships for Adobe 3D and Immersive Division. Um, it's a big title, and what does that mean? Um, essentially, I look for top design schools around the world that are doing really, really cool stuff, um, and you know, I'll reach out to them and you know, discuss about having a partnership with with these particular higher education facilities with the intention of trying to fill a gap um, when it comes to industry uh, needs. So a lot of companies will be looking for young talent um, that are, you know, trained in the in the right technology. So um, from the Adobe side, you know, what I'm doing is trying to make sure that I'm, you know, helping fill that gap and students are learning the latest technology, particularly when it comes to Substance 3D. So that's on that side. And then on the other side, I'm one of the original co-founders of um, the Rookies platform. Uh, for those people that don't know, the Rookies is a platform um, to support young people getting into 3D. Um, you know, and that could be architectural visualization, it could be immersive media, it could be VFX, it could be 3D animation. Um, any any sort of creative industry that uh, revolves around 3D. Um, we're famous, or we're quite, quite, I won't say famous, but we're quite well known um, for the Rookie Awards, which has been running for 13 years now. And, um, you know, we get students from all around the world that submit portfolios of work into these various categories. So we have 10 different categories. Uh, we have group and team-based projects. We have, we organize career opportunities. So we get big studios and, and companies to come in and offer career opportunities. So we're really trying to join the dots with, uh, with those, what we call rookies. Hence the reason why the platform's called the rookies is, um, yeah, connect the dots between them graduating and then trying to get an industry and, and how can we help them um, bridge that gap. So Rookies has, like I said, it's been around for 10, 13 years, 14 years. And um, there's, there's really three main parts to it. So there's contest area, which I talked about, which is Rookie Awards, and we run other smaller contests uh, on the side at the same time. We have a portfolio area uh, where young people that are learning 3D, um, you don't necessarily have to be going to a bricks and mortar school to be part of the Rookies platform you know people can be teaching themselves it's anybody that's on that journey to try and get into industry can be on on the platform um and you know we talk a lot about building a portfolio and creating confidence and um a lot of other things outside of the kind of classroom environment that's where we really do support um those young people that are trying to get in so there's the portfolio area and you can create you know you could be a first year student creating or building out your portfolio really trying to develop your online brand that that really is you know what we're what we're there and and to give clear information i think when somebody asked me about the rookies platform it, it, it's really it's multifaceted and it was funny because i was on a call yesterday 
to somebody that had entered into a um, an effects contest, you know, three, four years ago. And he entered into it. And because of that, uh, because of entering into that single contest, he then got noticed by recruiters and by industry people. And he ended up getting a job with the company that actually sponsored the contest. Now he was the the unique unique thing about that was that he's based in Africa in Sudan, where there is very limited opportunities, and and it was just through sheer coincidence that we jumped on a call and he was telling me the story, and I just there's there's so many stories like that mm-hmm. that we hear through the rookies, you know whether it's the first you know for their fir- the first time uh, entering into a contest and getting noticed or creating that portfolio and being reached out to by recruiters or whatever it may be, there's always connections happening on that in that community. And I think that is the gold that happens on the rookies platform. There's a lot of other portfolio sites out there, but a lot of them are soulless and you don't really get a sense of belonging to a lot of these different pa- platforms that I think the other thing with the rookies platform it's so well supported by industry and industry professionals that you know to get a badge or an accolade or some sort of reward on the rookies platform it speaks volumes you know a lot of recruiters around the world will recognize the rookies and somebody that's done well in it it creates opportunities and i think you know that's the unique aspect of, of the rookies platform yeah, well, uh, makes a lot of sense. I think, um, you know, the, the listeners are kind of, you know, well, first to start with you, actually, because uh, when the listeners are listening to you, they they may not have an idea of, how, like, what kind of background you have in terms of, like, the companies that you work with. It's it's a tremendous amount of, you know, the quality that you have yourself. And I think it's really important to mention that on the podcast as well, that you worked with, you know, like, MPC, Sony, uh, on, like, you know, big names and movies, which are like Tomb Raider, Alien, X-Men, all the, all the men, like Iron Man, Superman, like it's all, it's all super, you know, like, I think, I think it's really important to mention that, like, but also your journey, like how you yourself uh, started and, and that will inspire a lot of people to, to, you know, to, because I think also like what you said, things have changed from, from our time, like back then. So now, and I think you you guys on the platform, but also on Adobe, like you are trying to innovate and, and, and create like a new pathway to to the new uh, upcoming artists. So coming back to you, like what what sparks initially your 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 um, you know the need to create content, like in terms of you know 3D visual effects, whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, I actually did a, a recent uh, panel education panel in, in Italy and it was about squiggly careers and for those viewers for those listeners out there that don't understand what that concept means it's it's kind of like somebody that jumps around different jobs and then you know a, a gathering skills but still it's not a it's not a linear career pathway mm-hmm. and um, I think you know that when I look back on where I've come from I'm definitely a squiggly line sort of career guy and you know when i i grew up in uh rural new zealand where it's you know there's not a lot of opportunities and i was kind of you know either going to be working at the local butcher shop or as a cow carpenter or something like that which was which is totally fine as well as a career i still you know still love 
um, mucking around in, in terms of woodwork. But um, what I recognized back then was that, you know, to, to kind of, I had to go after opportunities and, and you know, like the, the thing, and I, you know, I've got a young family now and I talk to my kids about it as well. It's like these careers that we're currently in now, they weren't around when I was growing up in New Zealand or studying or whatever. So I had, I had, I went through like several sort of career changes but when I look back and I look at the essence of what drove me, it was always the creative process. So, um, and what I mean by that is like I, I trained as a chef and I specialized in an apprenticeship for three years working in high-end restaurants. And I loved the the creative process and, and pulling dishes together and, and the enjoyment that I would get out of presenting my food to people and just loving watching the expression and just, you know, that that's what drove me when it came to cooking food. Um, but then I, then I realized that, you know, that there was the, the creativity still was, was burning in me even more. And so I actually then branched into being a patisserie chef because I could see that you could do chocolate sculptures and margarine sculptures and all these sort of food, this food art. So that's, I, then I moved over to that side and, and I did that for a number of years and, and, and I used to love it. Um, and then from that, I was like, oh, you know, I'd, I'd look at some of the master artists around the world. And I was like, I, I just love, I respected people that could draw anatomy and human bodies and, and stuff like that. And I was like, I really wanted to try and understand, you know, the traditional art. And, and I thought that would help, um, help, I guess, communicate my food sculptures. So each night you know i find um you know courses after after work that i would go go and go along to and then then i realized that i really loved the actual art itself and that was what that's what i was yearning for so i managed to get into art school using my port uh, my food portfolio artwork, actually so then i yeah so that's how i actually got into to studying fine arts um and then from that you know the the story is a bit more linear because then i was from you know got into you know um sculpture and painting and then photography and then photography i got into computer manipulation and that's when sort of the early days of cg and and, and photoshop and all this technology that was coming on and i was remember watching something that was from ILM. It was a making of of something, you know, as, as it mm. has been the inspiration for many people before and after me. Um, and I just went, that's what I want to do. And then again, I went through a career change and I big borrow and stole money to do a, a 3D uh, animation course in Sydney. And and that's that's kind of the, the journey that I went on. And that was, that was over 20 years ago. And... Um, but, you know, just to touch on that, like even my entry into visual effects back then was really, really hard. I wasn't the best, you know, like I'd come from some, you know, more traditional sort of jobs into computers where that wasn't even my world as a student. So it was a massive learning curve. And I was, you know, it was through this, I guess the, the tools that I'd learned um, in these other careers equipped me for resilience and determination and knowing that the, I'd been through a, a sort of employment cycle before and what I had to do to try and get employed in this new career. So I think for, for me, um, and I always look back and go, what did cooking give me? But it gave me, it gave me the ability to work under pressure. It gave me the ability to work in teams. It gave me um, the creative aspect. So there was a lot of things that I had actually 
got from that career that were transferable into you know what we you know what I do today um, and I think you know for people that are listening or you know young kids or students that may be listening is that even if you're working at McDonald's or working at some job just to kind of get to the next stage there's there's certain things that you'll take away from that job as, as small as they may seem that will that is just setting you up for the next the next chapter and um yeah and and even where i am today you know working and you know with adobe and like i would never have dreamt that in a, in a million years you know even five years ago to say that i was work, be working you know with an amazing company um you know doing what i do and getting to see you know through that lens how you know 3d is developing in all these new industries and then seeing the rookies and 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 watching this new talent coming through and making sure that this talent is is meeting what industry require i think is, is a really ex exciting crossroads for for me yeah it's it's really interesting like what i love about this whole story is the fact that it's coming from an honest place and um i really appreciate that to be honest with you like it's it really comes also through yeah, the words that you're saying because it's really it's really like honest that a lot of artists they want to give back to the community and that's probably how you do that for at the rookies and um is there any like main reason behind it than just because you know every time you give something back to someone you feel good about it right like you just feel good to to teach someone and and i had I, I had i had like a few interns and it really feels good to just give back to to someone is that also like a yeah is that also the reason for you that you started the rookies or yeah i think it's you know like the thing is that you me we've all been on that journey of frustration as a student and there's nothing worse than going you know like where do i go study this mm. like where do where's where's my community where's the support like when you're first starting out it can be very daunting a because you're having to learn all this new software B, you want to be working at, you know, the big studios, but you've got no idea how to get there, you know, and, and there can be a lot of rejection. And if you don't know how to handle the, the rejection, then you can be put off very quickly. So there's a lot of, I guess, skills that you, even outside of the classroom environment that you need to be developing. I think, you know, that's what the Rookies platform is there to do is to support those students that are, that are learning in the classrooms, but to help them understand that, Hey, when you get into the industry, you're going to have to face a lot of emotional ups and downs, right? People critiquing your work, working in teams, how to communicate. There's, there's so many intricacies in working in a team environment that you don't necessarily get exposed to in a classroom environment. So having industry professionals and mentors and being connected uh, while you're on that journey of learning you know, it's it's just fast tracking everything, and you you're feeling more prepared when you go into a, a, a job. Um, and I think you know, when we look at the reason why we started the Rookies platform, it was to bridge that gap. It always has been. It's always been to help those young people to come up to speed. You know, with what industry require. Um, and but I think you know we we we're going to talk a little bit about AI. You know, later yes. in the show, and I think what was really What's really interesting for me right now is, you know, when I look at education and the history of education and how slow they have been in adopting new technology and how, you know, students have been um, sort of a behind the eight ball with being prepared for industry. What concerns me is now is like if we look at this next evolution of AI 
and how education are going to be dealing with that in this in this whole development um it's an interesting place and you know i think for students it's it's another set of tools and a lot of people talk a lot about what it means for education and students we don't really know because it's it's developing so fast um and I think that we've got to embrace it because we know that software companies are embracing it. We know studios are embracing it. So what does that mean? That means that you've got to look at where the opportunities are if that is the it is the case that, you know, let's be realistic. That is the case. So you've got to look for opportunities within that. And I go back to my example of like where I was going that the job that I have now, it wasn't around, you know, five, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was. So it's like, okay, you have to kind of start thinking about what are the opportunities going to be um, looking forward and just making sure you position yourself um, with that. And when you look at the core of it, it comes back down to fundamentals, you know, understanding and it's going to always need a human input at some level um, and understanding like the fundamentals of art and design and all these core principles, I think are really still going to be very core in, in driving, um, you know, driving these these new roles. So basically, what you're saying is that so being on the optimistic side of of, of artificial intelligence because it's uh, last year I think it was a big hit for a lot of you know artists as well. Like they were they were kind of you know almost like against it. I'm I'm all usually like in between. Like I don't know. Like it's usually technology is it's a double-edged sword. You know, so you want to you want to be very careful with uh, how you deal with it and uh, and I think AI is definitely here to stay as as you mentioned and I think it's it's smart to move with it and move along with it but at the end of the day as you say like the fundamental so so when it comes to that like um, how much attention to do you guys give to the the, the fundamentals of let's say fine art or uh, art in general uh, crossing the technology innovation side as well because both are very important yeah I think I mean you know the two the, the the art and the 2d fundamentals are paramount you know like it doesn't matter which discipline you sort of move into in a production role like understanding those core principles um, just set you up a lot you know set you up for success essentially you know i think you know the technology side will always be evolving you can always learn that and you know i think the the one thing you know that i found was like even though you know i went through education and i you know i learned maya and, and all the rest of it even when you get into some of these and i'm sure some of your previous guests have talked about this as well is like even when you get into some of these bigger studios they all have proprietary system and they all have their own ways of doing things so a lot of the stuff that you learned at in school goes out the window and you, you you're constantly learning um and um i think the and, and actually, come, just coming back to something that I, you know, I, I watched um, Doug Chang uh, when I was at View Conference in Italy the other the other month, and it was just really inspiring. But but you think about how long he's been in the industry for, and the one thing that stuck out to me was that even at you know he's fifty pushing, you know he's he's fifty fifty odd, and he's still learning. You know, like he 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 goes home every night and he's in Z Brush and he's in new tools and he's. He's constantly moving with the technology and it, that will never change. So, you know, you, I think the the 2D principles, if you've got yeah. good foundations there, they don't generally, they don't change, you know, but you've got a really good framework to then build on. 
Um, when you're going, when you're trying to, you know, when you're trying to do technology, you're always playing catch up, and it can be can be really hard to kind of stay on on that train, um, you know, when it's moving so fast. So, uh, yeah, the, the the 2D fundamentals are paramount. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But also, um, as you said, like in terms of you know studios, if you give a little bit of an insight, um, I'm in Amsterdam and I also worked in some some studios. Basically, I was a freelancer for a decade, and every time you you know you come in in a studio, it's like human to human. Like you almost push all the <laughs> the, the the tools on the side and and you know everything on the side, and you're just like, okay, how do we communicate together? And I think that is also very important, uh, being being as sharp as you can, but also um, you know taking care of your health. That's also very important. Like it, uh, on on a very base level, uh, we talked about this before that you know we wake up early in the morning and and we do the thing. But I think it kind of gets overlooked when it comes to um, when it comes to you know the designers and artists. Um, they kind of focus mostly on the tools and also on the on the you know the storytelling maybe as well. But what about health? Like, could could you take us like maybe like in a small journey of of how your daily routine is in terms of like what how how do you take care of your own health? Yeah, well, I have three kids and they keep me very active, so that that's always a good start. I will I will touch on one thing that you just you said before you asked that question, which was. Um, you know, in terms of like when you start a new job and, and you know, the and the new environment that you um, are subjected to and how you always, it always feels like you're in, you know, you've got that imposter syndrome when you're starting a new job. Uh, and and this, uh, this comes back to something I was talking to a student uh, this week, actually. And, you know, he's he had an amazing portfolio and he wanted some, you know, some feedback and some guidance on what to do next. And I said, look, you know, you've got the portfolio. Um, the one thing that I think a lot of students forget is that you can have amazing artwork. The portfolio is really to, it's to get you the interview, you know, at that studio. Once you've got the interview, really the portfolio is out the door at that point. Um, then it comes another whole set of skills that are needed for that interview process. And I think a lot of times that gets overlooked, especially in, in education and classroom. I know some schools do a really great job of it, but I, I don't, I can't stress enough how important it is for students to be thinking about and preparing themselves for that interview situation. Um, the, the portfolio is really a ticket to get that interview. Once you've got that, then it's about, you know, people skills, being able to sell yourself, being able to read the room, knowing when to... Um, you know, knowing when to ask questions, knowing what the right level of feedback is without being over, you know, like over exaggerating or you letting the ego take over or yeah. making, you know, so there's a real, there's a big dynamics that happens even in that interview phase. And I think that um, if the, the earlier that you can go to, you know, events and talk to people and talk to industry professionals face to face and start building a little bit of rapport and confidence uh, is hugely important before you even get to that interview um, interview uh, stage. Now moving to the second question about what my routine is. Um, so from a you know I, I, I'm an early riser. I think we talked about this. You know I go to bed pretty pretty early, but I love getting up early, and I feel like you know I get a lot more in those first couple of hours before people come online. Um, I get a lot done then. You know I 
you know, I like to have cold showers because cold showers, still, you know, start with the, the sort of warm shower and then flick it on cold for, for a minute. And it just, it gets the body really buzzing and, um, and just, you know, just wakes up the senses for me to start my day. And then, yeah, outside of that, I'm pretty active. Like, I, you know, like I play a lot of sport. My, I get my kids involved in sport. So, um, you know, I play tennis, I surf. You know, I think Australia lends itself to, though, you know, those types of outdoor activities. I've got a, you know, mountain biking track. So, I visit, you know, the, the well-being is, is extremely important. Um, I think even for students... When they first start and get into a studio, you, I don't know, we've all been guilty of it. We always let that imposter syndrome kicks in and you feel like that you have to work twice as hard just to prove yourself. And, and you know, like there's a really fine line between monitoring, monitoring the, the amount of output, um, you know, versus the amount of care that you're giving yourself. And, you know, it's a fine balance and you have to keep an eye on that because, you know, we've seen it in our industry where people burn out yep. really quickly. Uh, what I always say to, you know, students is, you know, it's a business, you know, like don't ever think, and, and there's culture within studios. They want the right people working for them. Um, they want those people that can commute all the things that we talked about. And there's a, there's always a culture within a studio and they, they're looking for those people that can fit in that culture. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is a business. It's a profit making enterprise that um, you know the, they need to make money and you should always treat that company as a business um, and you know you can always be you know respectful and, and all the stuff that you do but never think that you know they're they're going to be there at the you know like there's there's things that happen that are out of their control that 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 need they need to pass on. For example, if we talk about the right, you know, the actors and writers strike that's happened at the moment, it's a mm -hmm. very rocky road, right? So you should always have a plan B. And I, you know, this is what we talked about, and you know, in our last conversation, is that I'm I'm privy to the Adobe lens, and I see all these new industries that are now embracing 3D, and I'm like, wow, there's so much opportunity for students that have this skill set outside of that sort of visual effects games bubble that we've you know we're so entrenched in and i and i think students are really guilty of putting on the blinkers and going i need to go work at you know these top studios and that's the only option for me but actually if they took a step back and realized what was going on um there's a lot more opportunities and better environments and better industries where you get looked after that you know that can be um, just equally as enjoyable as you know I think we get we get consumed by this this notion of getting your name up on the on the big screen and you feel like you've made it and and you know it's all it's all happy days right but um yeah well-being is 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 definitely something that I learned later on and and you know I have to you have to dis you have to be disciplined for it because it's so easy to fall into that that rut of um of just overworking yourself and and slipping back in. and so I have, have alarms I have you know I have electric shock you know I have everything to try and you know get me out of this desk and go for a, you know go for a walk or a run or whatever it may be I you know and, and just subscribing to that regular tennis session or that whatever it is it, it, it forces you out so it's it's super important that you do that for your own mental uh mental clarity and peace of mind Definitely. Also, um, nature is a huge inspiration, I think, for both of us, you know, to go out there and, and to take an actual journey 
Uh, I love hiking. I love, you know, peaking mountains. And, uh, you know, every time I come back from that, I have a better podcast for some reason, because um, for me, it's recording a podcast with someone, but for artists or for, for designers, it could be, you know, making a piece of art. So at the end of the day, it's the same thing. I wanted to ask you for, um, you know, last advice for, for, for upcoming artists that wants to join this, this industry. Yeah, the last bit of advice, I think, um, yeah, no, to, to, you know, don't be insular, like really um, look outside of your own bubble. There is a lot of help out there. There is a lot of people that, you know, particularly from industry that want to support you. So, um, yeah, just be active, go to events, work on your skills. Um, if I was to give one example of like sort of things that I've overcome in, in my life, it would be public speaking you know like I couldn't I couldn't handle speaking to two people without getting really embarrassed um and you know everything is practice you know and once you you keep practicing you just make those small little increments and you get better and better whether it's for a portfolio whether it's getting a job or whether if at anything in life um you have to you have to have that one foot in chaos and one foot in safety but if you don't have that foot in chaos then you'll never push yourself forward 100%. I like I couldn't agree more because I'm actually right now at that stage where I'm challenging myself like to to cross the, you know the next phase. It's it's actually like it's an advice for like right to me uh, at the same time because um it's very challenging to break the next wall. So you can get very easily comfortable in one place. Um so yeah, but thank you for your advice. I um it's it's a hard one to take, but at the same time, I think it's very valuable um, for everyone who's listening as well. So um, I really, really appreciate your time for coming here, man. No problem. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Me, inviting me on. Sorry, it's late as you think. Get tired. Thanks so much. <laughs>